0: Welcome back to Ope, a podcast. Today is episode 57. Today we got most of the crew in today, except for Laronz. He's probably suffering from law school, first year. I weep for Laronz. <laughs> but today uh, is myself, Jason, Hill, along with uh, Griffin. Hello. Wyatt. Yo. And Soup. It is me. And we are back uh, for uh, today, uh, just to quickly go over today's episode, we'll be recapping the uh, Northwestern game that was held last week, preview Iowa, Uh, it is hate week, I want that bacon, but also uh, senior day, as it's our last home game of the season, and then anything else we want to talk about at the end of the podcast, so, gentlemen. To recap Northwestern, we are, the Gophers are now 7-3, and three, and surprisingly, um, not surprising, but like shocking that right now there's a four-way tie for first place in the Big Ten West. Uh, we're tied with Iowa, Illinois, and Purdue, and Purdue and Illinois have the head-to-head against us. Um, but outside of that, uh, we defeated Northwestern um, 31-3. to uh, and I have to say, of all the touchdowns we scored, it was primarily on the ground uh, for this game and other stuff. Um, what are your guys' quick reactions to this game?
1: At least my first reaction is let eighth and throw. I like don't know how much we can stress that. Like it's great that he's getting these live reps, but um, I don't. It's probably just the play calling because they they know they can win running the ball on the ground. Um, for a game like this, but at the same time, like we we got to get Ethan some real live reps, because if you're if you're having 64 yards um, to- of total receiving yards, that's a problem. Yeah, I was just... going to say let Ethan throw for later in the podcast, but no, I'm bringing it that now. That's my quick reaction.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would say kind of the same thing really um i mean i see why they went away from it uh you didn't really need to do it um you're better than northwestern offensive line had a bounce back game they're much better in run blocking they're better in pass protection for the few times they did decide to pass and for what it's worth in the second half Ethan looked a lot better than he did in the first half In the first half he was a little bit inaccurate throws behind some guys on some some gimme throws we're talking like easy slants and stuff that just have to you just have to have that just not accurate on you know hopefully hopefully that stuff gets worked out but i think that's why you saw them go so far away from it but i mean i don't know this was just a game where you kick the crap out of the other team up front on both sides of the ball and uh just kind of dominate tape to tape and it's it's nice when that happens but when you've got Question marks on offense still That you're trying to figure out It would have been nice to see them Open it up a little more But then I guess if you want to play devil's advocate You could say well why put any of the New pass game wrinkles on tape before Iowa When you don't have to So it's kind of a catch 22 I think There for them So they're going to do what they want to do So
3: Yeah I tend to agree more with Soup here Um, Listen I think letting Ethan throw is going to be a big thing and it's going to have to be a thing this week Iowa's defense is just too good for our offense to be one dimensional but when you're beating Northwestern senseless maybe you don't rush Ethan to throw the football when he doesn't
2: need to especially when he was kind of inaccurate in the first half yeah
3: and you know Mo can do it you know Mo can get the job done against a Northwestern team.
0: Oh yeah, for keep sure. your hopes
3: alive, and Mo is the Mo is the guy who keeps your hopes alive in that game.
0: Yeah, like if you want to dive into some stats here, gentlemen. Um, so Ethan did not have obviously a, a great day at, at quarterback, but he was seven for thirteen and sixty four yards um, this game. But then going on from there, rushing Mo had an epic day. Uh, 36 carries for 182 yards um, with three touchdowns. Uh, So continuing to break records and becoming pretty much the best running back in school history for us. Uh, Behind that, uh, Trey Potts got some uh, touches in there, 10 for 63. Uh, Zach Evans, I believe he's a true or fresh-shirt freshman um, who had six for 29 but on the drive where we scored in the fourth quarter he ran in for a touchdown as well uh then up behind that Ethan and bryce got some stuff in there in terms a passing daniel jackson Brevin Spanford, and dalen wright contributed to the 64 yards uh, in the air that day um i will if i do have one criticism yes Ethan did throw some pretty bad throws in the first set, like you said soup but i felt like there was some passes where like I feel like the receivers could have made a play on it or some moments where, like, they drop passes. And, like, that. Oh, I think I think that will forever shall irk us Gopher fans <laughs> when receivers drop passes like that. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it on offense.
2: Yeah, I mean, P.J. touched on it, too, after the game. Like, after the game, you know, they asked him, what do you got to do to open up this passing game? And he basically said, we just have to do it. Like, they're just, I mean, which pretty just tells you what the head coach thinks of just, we're not executing, right? We're not executing, right? You ha- you get separation and a quick slant from Dalen Wright, the throw is a yard in front, like, behind him. You know what I mean? Like, or you get a good throw and it's a drop, right? Like, it's just, like, there's always something that seems to be going wrong for them in the passing game right now. And they, it, it really, it like, it sounds really annoying to hear him say it week after week if they just have to do it, but he's right. Like, they just haven't done it. Like, the concepts are there, guys are open sometimes, and then you miss a throw, guys aren't making plays, like, it's just, you know, something else every time, which is, it has to be frustrating.
1: I guess maybe just for me, it's frustrating knowing that we're going into a game where if If Ethan is the starter um that there's just not those reps that he needs, he doesn't have maybe the confidence um and the trust with his receivers quite yet as he's still brand new i I understand I wanting to put stuff on tape, but I also just want to sit there and think like I want him to be ready, and I don't want him yeah. to cave and all the pressure, yeah,
2: I mean. He looked pretty confident at penn state i think he'll look pretty confident this weekend too like i don't think confidence is his issue at all i think the timing and this and stuff that you want to get down with your receivers is is much more of like a glaring problem right now i mean the misses he did have they were very to me they just felt like timing misses familiarity misses like he had one really bad one over the middle to michael brown stevens that was basically thrown to nobody And I think what was happening is uh, he saw zone coverage. He saw Michael Brown-Stevens running, you know, shell crosser over the middle and expected him to sit down in the soft spot of the zone, throws the ball there. Michael Brown-Stevens keeps running. It looks horrible, you know, because the ball goes five yards behind your receiver between two defenders and just kind of hits the ground. And it's like, what? So I think there's a lot of, you know, timing and chemistry issues that he needs to, to work out.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. But I but I think we did touch on this point earlier. The offensive line played a way better game than they have so far. Like I think this might have been the most polished game as a, as a unit. They run block like hell this game. Um, pass protection when uh, when Ethan did have to throw was pretty amazing. Like, Ethan had a clean pocket of all the attempts he threw um, yep. last weekend. So I, I know we always bitched about them being consistent, but I, I have to give kudos what credit is due, boys. The Minnesota Movement Company, you did your jobs this past week and keep it up going into Iowa and Wisconsin.
3: Yeah. You're going to need it in Iowa.
0: For sure. Yeah. Anything else to touch on offense, gentlemen?
2: Uh, I like the new wrinkles in the run game. I think that's fun. Uh, the little thing they're doing where they switch sides. Sometimes they switch sides at the running back before the snap. Sometimes they don't. I, I think that's nice. I think that's interesting, and I think you can do – you can do a lot with that uh you know branching off of it in the past game like you can run different concepts on different sides of the field and you can kind of toss that motion in to kind of signal to your you know receivers hey we're looking at this side of the play now or you can leverage better against a blitz that you think is might might, might be coming and i think it just opens you up in the past game as well so I, I i think that will be something Uh, that we see moving forward is some interesting pass wrinkles off of that flip motion that they've been doing with the running backs because they clearly did it this first game just to you know change up what the defensive line is doing and change up your attack angles and stuff like that for your offensive linemen but it, it seems like there's a lot that you can that that opens up for them when it comes to like signaling, oh, we're this is actually the play side. Like we're actually going this way. We're we're actually going to pass the ball this way and go this way. Whereas you know, teams have a lot of tendencies for formations usually. Whereas this kind of just one player moving can really kind of throw those throw those off.
0: Anything else?
1: I yeah, just like the rushing personnel too that they were able to throw in there. I Zach Evans. Bryce Williams just including a lot of people, not because obviously Mo, once he gets that much, you don't even care to put him in. So yeah. just involve more people, getting them um, live reps and heck, even a touchdown. It's gotta feel good.
2: Yeah, it was cool to see Zach Evans too, because that's I think the guy everybody's excited for after Mo. So and he looked, you know, he looked good. He looked explosive. He got downhill quick. He was decisive running through arm tackles. Like I don't know, looked looked fun. I was I was cool yeah. cool to see him. It was it
0: was fun to watch zach evans but going in from there, gentlemen so defense um defense had an amazing day only held uh the northwestern wildcast at three points just to get to some quick stats um off- like offensively total we've only uh stopped them like t- for a total of around like almost 300 yards uh, but mind you we stopped them on the on the ground we pretty much contained uh evan hull all day he only had a high of 58 yards total uh, to his stats but then they have uh four different quarterbacks in that day um they started with brendan sullivan and went on the ryan helinski and then car richardson and then cole freeman um all having about 206 yards in the passing game 86 rushing um besides that uh our lead tackler was cody Lindenberg. um then behind that howden Newbin, wally dixon uh t smith uh sorry marin all the guys behind that but i think there's one name i do need to mention while his name isn't showing that much on the stat sheet uh, is uh ya ja or ja joyner. like that dude's a beast when he's on the field uh getting pressure um on that offensive line against northwestern and you know making either stopping the run or stopping the pass
2: Yeah, um, Ja, I thought, had his best game of the year, and that's against a guy who's probably going to be picked in the top 15 of the NFL draft this year. Northwestern's left tackle. Peter Skronsky is uh, a certified stud. He's probably the best tackle in the entire conference. And Ja gave him fits. Ja, I mean, he had two holding calls. I remember watching the second to last. The last one was towards the end of the game. Uh, They... Get him with a holding call because he he essentially Jaw beats him, beats him around the corner, he holds him and brings him to the ground. Easy call, right? But both guys come up, they're bumping face masks, they're yelling at each other, you know, Jaw's nodding his head, like, yeah, you better hold me. You better hold me. And, you know, Skaronsky's shoving him. Skaronsky shoves him once he's in his face, and Jaw just points at the flag that's on the ground at his feet. Just letting him know. And it was just, uh. It it was it was cool, man. It was cool to see a young player for us, get under the skin of a guy who's going to be playing on Sundays. Like that's, that's, that's great for him. And I hope he can continue that ascension.
1: Well, even just the composure that he has to not, you know, like get his, just the emotions that you experience in the moment too. He's, he's just keeping himself kind of quiet and just pointing and he doesn't need to do much.
2: Yeah. He already drew the hold, you know, mm-hmm. just as good as a sack there
1: speaking of sacks wasn't that beanie bishop that had a really good sack
2: yeah so they brought a lot of pressure this game they they brought this was like the most aggressive i think they've ever been with their defensive backs on defense uh they were blitzing you know uh they had Terrell Smith i think um blitz on that that fourth that fourth down stop that they had where northwestern goes for it on like fourth and short towards the beginning of the game um It was just a really nice play. It was 97, I think, on our team. Is uh, is that Jalen Logan Redding? 97. Control-F on the roster, 97. Yep, Jalen Logan Redding. He does a great job, you know, getting penetration, and the guy tries to bounce outside on fourth, fourth and, like, one, and Terrell Smith is just waiting, just waiting for him in the contain, arms wide open. Like, it was beautiful. I thought they're... Defensive backs did a really really good Job playing a more aggressive game Than they usually do
1: I mean we're just We're, we're gonna keep seeing Newbin doing the same thing Over I was and over gonna again say, so that's That Newbin
3: not, not so. kid is really stepping into form And I like to see it
2: Yeah he's all around the football uh, the, the, That last one Was just kind of like a garbage time one If I remember correctly But Newbin's was, was quite nice um, I don't know defensively I think You're just kind of seeing you saw him get after the quarterback a little bit, too, finally, um, flushing guys from pockets, getting in the face, forcing early throws, stuff like that. And I think it was, you know, because of what they were doing with the defensive backs and the linebackers. I mean, I mean, there were five, six-man pressures a lot of the time, which you really don't see that much of. And it was nice um, to see them generate that pressure, and I mean, obviously, you know, they have the the one big the one big passing play where they get down into the red zone they eventually kick that field goal at the beginning of the game you know that's that's going to happen when you blitz but I think the whole point is that like the rest of the game they felt too under pressure to really do anything
0: yeah for sure but uh, I think I think we can all agree defense played a great game awesome game but also some improvements too especially on the pass rush side which we haven't been seeing much during the last couple of weeks so great improvement overall but uh next piece yeah. is go to the last phase of the team special teams uh Wyatt these are your boys um uh, Mark Crawford had five punts uh on the day averaged 39.4 yards as long as being at 44 yards um I don't know nothing to add for him <laughs> I think like this just...
3: mean, we I mean... know we know who Mark Crawford yeah is. yeah yeah like he's not gonna wow us He's not going to kick the ball sixty yards. He's he's got a set rhythm and it it happen. It works. I don't know. It I works against Northwestern. Okay. It it might not work against Iowa.
0: Yeah, <laughs> knowing their special teams, they're going to take they're going to feast on that. Uh, going on from there, uh, returns. Uh, Quinton Redding was mainly our guy on kick and punt returns, but uh, great work by Tyler Newb and Justin Wally and Ryan Stapp as our gunners as well, getting down there uh, to the uh, punt or kick returner on the other team. Uh, next up, Matt Trickett was uh, perfect for PAT's 4 for four, four, 4 and he did uh, had one field goal of the day, uh, which was from 41 yards during the third quarter, so Matt's perfect again kicking and then uh dragon kessage had uh, six kickoffs um four of them were uh touchbacks so yeah good Matt day
2: Trigget brings me immense joy
0: <laughs> does it yeah, spark trick joy
2: it's... it does yeah trick great and uh he's been automatic i just like i don't know the first play of the, where they kicked the ball to us to start the game, right? And Quentin Redding, I, I'm sure that this is just what they told him on the sideline like, go out, fair catch, right? Go out, fair catch right away. He catches the ball with his heels on like the 15 yard line, and there is nobody within 15 yards of him. And I'm just like, are you serious right now? Like, <laughs> are we really just going out there and blindly fair catching this because it's the first play of the game, technically? Why in the world are we not even trying to return this? Because he has just nothing but 10 to 15 yards of grass in front of him. And I'm just, and and like me and my buddy who I was at the game with just kind of looked at each other like, did that, did we just fair catch that? And he was like, yeah. It's like, "Uh, okay, um, <laughs> sure. It just feels like, Their return right now, their special teams, like, just like it's it's the same question I have for the special teams coach. What exactly do you do here? Like, it it just doesn't feel like they do much of anything besides like Matthew Trickett banging field goals. That that seems to be about the only thing that they do that like lifts the team and makes the team better. Everything else seems to be like just don't let a catastrophe happen, which I
1: don't think is smart just kind of i feel like it plays into his whole like 78% uh thing that he has going on more you know like if you the whole turnover battle and i think that what just that plays into a, only
2: like 78% of a real coach or what
1: <laughs> 100% um everyone everyone that was around that was said the same thing soup on the first play where it's like how is he not returning this like we want to see the dude return Um, But you saw it, like, when Crawford was punting all the time, too, is he just punts it straight down, and everyone just runs off the field. And it's like, really?
2: The only play in their punt—their only, like, punt play they have is punt safe, and it's on both sides of the ball. They only punt punt safe, and they only receive punt safe. It is so—because, like, a lot of the times— Quentin has to fair catch the ball on punts because nobody's blocking for him because they're playing sure. punt safe on fourth and eight for whatever reason. Like, it's just like, you're not even giving yourself a chance to add something in special teams. It just, it, I don't know. It just makes me mad.
0: I think it just adds more like, hey, maybe we need a different special teams coach. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, he seems pretty so. True.
3: And these are the kind of things that When you're playing a team like Northwestern You can survive that You can go out and take the fair catch With 15 yards of grass And you'll be okay Because it's Northwestern And they're not a good football team this year When you're going up against Iowa If you have that 15 yards of grass somehow And you're not taking it That's game changing Decision making right there And you know It's If you're not going to go out and try to win the game, you're going to lose the game.
2: Well, like during, against Northwestern, like you're just hoping like for your special teams, just your job on special teams against Northwestern is just don't kill us. You know what I mean? Like don't give us a harder game than we, than every, you know, game is already week to week. Like football is hard. Don't, don't make it harder for us against a team like Iowa. Or Wisconsin You need your special teams to be a plus You know what I mean You need your special teams to be giving you something Does anybody remember How PJ beat Wisconsin For the first time I remember there being some special teams in I remember that I remember too. a Philip Howard touchdown On punt
1: Or was like that Demetrius Douglas
2: Demetri Douglas eh, No that wasn't Demetrius was, Douglas I think it was, oh, was Howard I think
3: he's correct it's Philip Howard
2: Oh okay Either way, the point stands. Like, Correct. Like, that That was a game where special teams was a plus for you. You beat a Wisconsin team that year, arguably, that's better than you. You beat a, a, a team that year that was – Wisconsin was a better team than you that year, talent-wise. And you beat them because you have this extra touchdown. And now you just, like, give up on trying for that, like, at all? I don't know. It just – and they finally have, like, a like a solid returner in Quentin Redding. They finally have somebody who has got a little juice in the return game where the years before they would always say, oh, they're trotting, you know, uh, Brock Anikstead out there just to catch the punt. Like, they could have pulled the kid from the student section down and just be like, hey, catch the punt. You know, and it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have made no difference. Like, your special teams has to be a plus for you in these next two games. And you just have to, like, try and do something. And it's a perfect juxtaposition really with Iowa who like their special teams is probably one of the best in the country and they consistently generate points off of it. And it's just part of the reason why they are so good and why they are who they are. But it's for us, it's just like what, why even try and do anything on special teams?
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: And I think, I think it's big to note here. Um,
3: like Matthew Trickett, he's going to be a plus. Kid's been automatically. Yep. Uh, Mark Crawford He's not going to give you the plus He's not going to be the guy who goes out And booms a punt That's going to win you the game Because that's just
2: not what he does Crawford is a wash at best
3: and it, it, Plus you're probably Not going to get the game winning play On a punt anyway So what you really need Is you need that return Game to step up You need Quentin Redding to make a play that's that's where you can really make a difference and if we're not even going to try it beating iowa beating wisconsin that's going to be a whole lot tougher than beating northwestern
2: yep like look at the illinois game right illinois game is a perfect example you were dead to rice in that game at halftime no idea what's going on you look like garbage you can't get anything going on offense they're they're walking the the ball up and down the field with just no regard for you. You come out of the tunnel and you get like a 96 yard return to the four. Boom. All of a sudden you're back in the game, right? Like you're just, you're just deciding to take away the upside to limit the catastrophic plays, which knock on wood. Now I know this is come back and bite me, which haven't been there, right? Like Quentin Redding has been pretty good about fielding the ball. Like, He makes some weird decisions on not fielding the balls that have killed us, but those are balls that he, again, doesn't try to field and doesn't provide an opportunity for a turnover. He just completely stays away from those, and they roll farther than he thought they might have, but, like... This one, like I don't know, it's just like I don't. What are you so afraid of? Like you need something. You need you need some juice, and you just seem to be like taking an option for it off the table.
0: All right. Um, anything else regarding special teams or overall from this game?
1: Why do the referees sometimes put that awkward pause when they're making a call? <laughs> I, <laughs> And do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. When Reggie's there and he's like, holding. Defense. Like I'm wh- so why? glad you brought this up. I'm so glad you brought this up. This is everybody
2: like what... I was with too said the exact same
1: thing. I was just absolutely like, like don't like your your crew's already trash. Just just call the play. Just just call the flag.
3: Open letter to the Big Ten reps. Do better. Signed
2: over broadcast Open letter to like All football officiating In general Just be better (laughs) I I noticed the same thing It was like he was on Like a game show You know what I mean And it was like Oh who's it gonna be on
1: Yeah and I'm sitting here like Mo walks into the end zone And of course When a back judge Throws a flag You're thinking Oh it's a hold on the offense Like Easy But then then they call it On the defense And I'm like Why would you Like just Why why if you want to throw something yeah. funny in there when it's when i know there's like that viral clip of the ref being like 15 yards for giving him the business or something yeah but you just like say it straight up and then you go back to doing your job like fine that's funny every now and then yeah but to just continue doing that no absolutely not <laughs> yeah you're not you west Macaulay. Him business call you're not west yes, mccauley west
2: mccauley's the only funny ref
1: yes he's,
2: he's not then... always great
1: but we'll he makes up for it in other ways
2: yeah but uh, that same touchdown you're talking about when that when that that flag came out the entire gophers team too looks at the flag and then looks at the official and then you see uh all the offensive linemen pointing like oh it's on them and you see mo put his hands up and like a like touchdown signaling to the sideline to like start running the extra point team on because they all immediately looked at the official, and they saw him explaining, like, like doing the hand motions to the other guy. But, like, everybody else was also like, what is happening?
0: <laughs> yeah. In the Brock, I know uh, Griffin and Super were at the game. I think, why? Were you watching the game from home? I did not actually see the game live, no. I was, I was like, laughing so, like, the first one I, I was laughing, but the rest was, like, come on, really? Like... Are you just really that cold that you're putting in space? Like, is your
1: face that frozen? (laughs) Yes, dude, I was, I didn't even plan on going to the game, and then I ended up at the game, and I was frozen, and I had, like, two jackets with me.
2: Man, I hate to tell you, it's going to be colder this week.
1: It'll be (laughs) colder this week. I don't think I'll be there this week, but.
2: That's what I kept telling everybody with me who was complaining about the cold. I said, oh, it's going to be worse next week. You better be prepared for this
1: week because this is not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, next week I'm definitely wearing like six layers. So,
0: and then bring like that uh, lumberjack hat. Pull the flaps down. Maybe bring a lower face mask and goggles, ski goggles, for go goggles.
2: <laughs> we can talk. We can talk winter gear plans after, like at the <laughs> end of the podcast. We can I can give a rundown of what I like to do for cold games because I I think I got it down. Oh, for sure. We'll add that <laughs> at the end.
0: But cool cool. So we'll wrap it there, gentlemen. But um just happy for the win. Um, we're seven and three for the season, and I do want to touch on this. Um on the preseason uh score <laughs> chart, LaRonz leads away at nine and one. Uh Y and I are still tied at seven and three, Griffin's at six and four, soups <laughs> at four and one.
2: Yup. Four and one ain't <laughs> bad though.
0: It is. But uh, going on from there, so next up, um, our second to last game of the season, uh, it's kind of hard to believe, as we're getting, cl- getting closer to the closer here, but it's our last home game, senior day versus the Iowa Hawkeyes, hashtag hate week, hashtag Florida Rosedale, hashtag bacon. Um, this is going to be a fun rivalry game, always, will be, always has, um, some stuff ahead ahead here, um, the current betting odds right now, Gophers are favored minus 2.5, over-under is 32.5. Um, ESPN's FPI is favoring us 68% versus 32% for Iowa. Um, and it's going to be kickoff on Fox for a 3 p.m. kickoff this Saturday the 19th at Huntington Bank Stadium.
2: Um, you know what a hilarious prop bet for this game would be? What? What's higher, the points total or the temperature?
0: <laughs> uh, let's see here. According to the app, they said a high of 32 during this game.
1: The line's what? 32 and a half? Yeah. I, I thought it was 35. Oh, it is 32 and a half. Okay. It is updated, <laughs> be a yeah. Fun one.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um but before we get further into the game, gentlemen, I do want to take a moment just to so, uh, just to talk about our seniors. Um some of these guys have played with us for five, even six, seven years, uh, thanks to the eligibility waivers that they got either through the NCAA and especially with COVID, again, uh, that extra year. Um, so Soup sent us this tweet here on the group chat uh, from the, Per the Daily Gopher, so shout-out to those guys. Um, these are the current seniors that has no eligibility left. Uh, quarterback, Tanner Morgan. Next up, running back, Mohamed Ibrahim.
2: I'd like to throw an asterisk on this one because he technically does have one more year. Okay. Uh but, Mo, Mo, right? Uh, yeah, Mo technically does have one year one more year because of the 21 red shirt, medical red shirt. But uh I don't know. I I think the kids going to get a cup of coffee in the NFL, and we'll see what happens and I don't he did what he needed to do this year and he proved that his Achilles is just fine and not affecting the way he plays and uh, I don't think any team will have an issue picking him up on day three so I don't see any reason for him to stay so he should walk him.
0: Yep. next up uh, off- offensive lineman center uh, John Michael Schmitz um, offensive guard Chuck Filiaga offensive guard Axel Rushmeyer Defensive end, Thomas Rush. Linebacker, Mariano Sori Marin. Cornerback, Terrell Smith. Safety, Jordan Howden. And kicker, Matthew Trickett. Is the current list of players that has no eligibility left, but also some names that I do want to mention that could walk and not come back after this season. Or maybe they do, but they'll walk uh, at senior day. chris Bell. while there is reports saying he is returning uh it's just a report is he has
2: chris, is, chris said it himself too so he's oh. he's coming so, back okay. so he chris... went on uh i think it was like a couple weeks ago they did like a special thursday show of go for gridiron with luke Buer and ryan burns at stubborn herbs and he uh there put it he said publicly that he's coming back so
0: okay
3: okay if he back. wants to play in the nfl he kind of has to
0: yeah yeah uh, going on from there, um, some other names that do come to mind. Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I'm looking at the list of seniors here on my page. Um, Tyler Newbin. Tyler Newbin. Tyler Newbin's
3: Nubin. the first one that comes to my mind. Yeah,
0: Tyler Newbin. Uh, Couldn't Geary. blame him. True. Can't blame Tyler Newbin. But Clay Geary, a seventh year senior who was a walk on. Um, i I forget he's been like he was i think he joined us or it was like part of our freshman class or the year before (laughs) in college Uh, at least for myself wyatt and griffin um and then let's see other names other names okay actually never mind that is it in terms of uh seniors fifth and sixth year seniors or seventh years um so pretty
2: uh jordan howden's on that list uh, i think Uh, i mentioned how jordan howden howden's on the original tweet oh okay i just completely missed him
0: no you're good oh i do want to mention as well um long snapper brady weeks is also on that list uh so i will have to say we never heard his name when he fucked up so i guess we were consistent on the long snapping game
2: (laughs) hey that's all you that's all you can ask for Sure. Listen, just because the punter can't get the ball more than forty yards down the field doesn't mean the long snapper not doing his job.
0: True, true, true. And then um other names. Oh,
2: Brevin Spanford is another Correct. one. Correct.
0: So yeah, I also get through the red shirt senior list too. Um yeah. Braylon Oliver, Bryce Williams, Preston Gellin, Josh Oon, Carter Shaw, Nathan Bow, Brevin, um, and then uh I'm not sure, Ky- uh, Kyler Ball as well. Those are seniors or registered seniors that's on the current roster right now. Um, but yeah, a lot of names, like, these, so many the names I I recognize, but like, we're, we're part of that team when we won our, when the Axe back for the first time in many years.
2: Um, I mean, it's a lot of guys who produce. You know what I mean? Like, just looking at the initial list of, of guys with no eligibility left, it, like, that's a lot of production walking out the door for you this year which like is a good problem to have it's a big 10 team you know you should be backfilling with with talent all the time but you know like jms potentially mo tanner chuck filiaga axel that's three starting linemen right there john michael Schmitz, chuck filiaga and axel rushmeyer that's your starting interior right there gone mariano
0: I didn't right. much on the rotation, Nathan Bowe stepped in when Ra- uh, when yep. Axel stepped out, too. So, like, that's another body that we usually use in our in our uh, backup, like, you know, spot starters mm-hmm. is also leaving, too.
2: Yep, and then you got T-Time, Jordan Howden, and potentially Tyler Newbin. Like, you could be looking at a very, very different team next year, which is fun in some ways, is not fun in other ways, but... Uh, It's just a list of guys who really, really produced. And when was the last time you had like a senior day here at Minnesota where you looked and every person that they call their name of, you can think of, oh, I remember when they did this. Oh, they were huge in this game. Oh, they've been solid for all these years. Or, oh, he's leaving? Oh, no. You know, like when was the last time we looked at a list like this and saw talent?
1: It's a, it's a good thing. Well, I mean, not, not
3: only do we have talent on this list, we've got potentially multiple guys who are NFL caliber talent. We have Mo, who could very easily hear his name. We have Tyler Newbin, who could walk this season and potentially be a day three guy as well. John Michael Smith is one of the best center, centers in the country right
2: now. He'll be a top 50 pick, easily. Yeah, he could
3: easily be in that top two rounds. Oh, he will be. He will be. I'd be shocked if anything else happens. I, I would be stunned if he made it out of the second round as well.
2: Yeah. If and then did. Terrell Smith. Yeah. Like, tea time, will, tea time will get a cup of coffee just because he's just so athletic. His combine, whatever testing he does, will be just crazy. And then, I mean, even a guy I mean, trick it. like Trickett. Like, I I'd say he's put out a pretty good senior season, and he's hitting 44 to 49 yarders pretty consistently.
3: The trigger's not going to hear his name in on a draft day, but you know, no. he could be a UDFA.
2: No, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no reason to say that he's not. Yeah. We're just saying of guys who could get a cup of coffee, you know, there's a few on this list, and that's... I mean, hell, cool. Evan
3: Ford could potentially be a UDFA. Yep. He's got the potential there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. So a lot of names... Um, I hate to say it, but I think of us, especially us like being in college during this era of PJ, like PJ's first few years, and then watching it as it continues into uh, for a sixth season and more, um, I'm kind of bringing a tear to my eye, but like I'm going to miss these guys, honestly, seeing them play on Saturdays, and hopefully some more we can play on Sundays uh, to join this expanding cast of former Gophers in the NFL right now, um, but... Uh, All I have to say is, if those who are staying and those who are already confirmed leaving, for sure, um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for amazing many seasons, uh, for some of you six, seven seasons, or five seasons. So it's sad to see you go, but I wish you all the best in life, NFL, and come back as alumni when we see you around campus that way. But yeah, going in from there, gentlemen, Iowa. So we got some things to talk about this team that we're facing on Saturday. Uh, I remember at the start of the season, um, we talked trash about Iowa's offense, and they're still sh- sort of trash in some we ways. We are still correct
3: about Iowa's offense. Correct. Yeah, we, are just, we are we are not as correct about the Gophers.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> but um, as we talked before in, in, the, in the last segment, but like, even though offensively they have not been great, Brian Ferentz, Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, But defensively and special teams, Iowa's bread and butter pretty much on that roster has always been excellent year in and year out. No matter if they lost talent to the draft and to seniors leaving, um, to even trans like Charlie Jones, who was formerly of Iowa, went on to Purdue and pretty much became the Big Ten leading receiver at Purdue, plus being an amazing returner for them as well. Like... Iowa will produce talent on del- on those two sides of the ball, except for offense. And I think that's going to be a key thing. Like, defense, we've been playing great uh, as well on our end. But I think we're going to get a really tough matchup with their defense. And then also, if we fuck up or don't take opportunistic uh, moments in special teams, um, they're going to kick our ass and win the field position game almost every time. So uh, that's my quick tidbits from what I've, been seeing throughout the season and coming into this game uh what about you guys coming in uh for this week
2: you want me to go i'll go go ahead um i just think it's interesting that they won last week with 146 yards of total offense that they scored 24 points with 146 yards of total offense, which is like a perfect encapsulation of like who Iowa is and what they want to do. They had a really long punt return. Shocking, I know. They had a really long punt return, set them up for an easy touchdown, and then they had a pick six. So that's 14 spo- points off of defense and special teams, and they put up, what, 10 points on offense, I guess. But this is what we've been saying. Right, like, they find all of these extra ways to squeeze points out of a game. Yeah, their offense might not be that great, but they find ways to put points on the board at the end of the day. And they do it in, a, in really interesting ways. Like, Petrus's line for the game was 14 for 23 for 94 yards yikes they're running back 22 carries 57 yards and a touchdown braylon allen in that game when they they played wisconsin 17 carries for 40 yards i mean they're gonna they're gonna stop the run they're gonna make us throw the ball and they're gonna make they're gonna throw a lot of weird looks at a young kid and they're gonna try and get him to turn the ball over so, we're about to be sitting through a very, very, very borderline, like unwatchable football game. It is going to be boring. It is going to be a grindfest. And I would normally say that that would favor the
1: Gophers,
2: but, I, but it's just like, where's your X factor, right? Where are you? Where is your explosive play that, that helps you win the game? Who is doing that for you? Right. It, and it's just, I don't have as much faith in it as it, watching Iowa. It seems like every week at a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. It's just, it's crazy.
3: I think that's all unbelievably accurate. Um, and, you know, we have the X factor player for a game where we're going to be able to run the football. We have Mo. Mo's always going to be the X factor in games where running the football is going to come easy. Sure. But this is Iowa. Iowa's not going to just let you run the football down their throat. Iowa's going to make Ethan make a play. And if Ethan can't do that, that's that's ball game. I was going to beat. If Iowa's defense beats you in the passing game, then 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 it's over because they've. They're going to beat you at least 50% of the time on the ground, even with a back as talented as Mo's been.
2: You are going to have to be balanced to beat them because they are going to make you throw. They're going to want to make you throw, and you are going to want to run. So, how do you strike that balance? How do you strike that balance where you're just dangerous enough in the run game? where they have to keep respecting it, and they can't just tee off on you and get after the passer and try and force turnovers in the passing game. But then how do you stay efficient passing the ball? How do, you, how do you not get yourself behind the sticks and stay in you know second and manageable, third and manageable situations where you can be unpredictable? The minute that the Gophers offense has to become predictable, I just don't know if they're efficient enough to grind out this game.
1: I kind of look at this as a game of adjustments, like through all four quarters and throughout each and every quarter, it's just going to be different because we're going to want to sit there and hold the ball and eat the clock. They're going to try and do the same thing. Um, it's just who who's going to adapt better to the situation that they're given. I'd love to say that the Gophers can sweep this out because they average more points per game, but like we said, points allowed per game for both teams is relatively low. Um, so yes, the soup. I agree. It's going to be a boring game, but it's it's a game of adjustments. Yeah. Um, for us on defense, it's a it's a good um, game to throw different look at looks at Petrus. I think. He's not going to throw the ball down the field very often. We can make it seem like we're playing a deep ball, come up, maybe cover some of the short, uh, shallow, intermediate routes. Um, But they're going to do the same thing with, with Ethan. But I think this is the game, too, where the Gophers on offense really have to open up their playbook. Um, Like you guys mentioned, being unpredictable. This is a game where we need to see, you know, Ethan on third and three. Um, Maybe do, maybe keep it and run for a first down, and slide um, instead of just running a normal, you know, outside zone to Mo and see what he can do. Because we all know what he can do. But in this game, no matter what someone can do, they probably won't be able to. Um, so this, it, it doesn't even matter that you know Wisconsin's next week, after the week after. Just you got to open up your playbook if you want to win this big game.
2: Yep. Uh, I'd really like to see them toss around some, uh, like, mo- I, wa- I want to see them move the pocket, right? I think now that you have a guy like Athan back there, they're going to want to get upfield on you, whether it's against the run or against the pass they're going to try and contain. I really want to see, like, some shotgun, you know, sprint outs or even under center hard play action that they've sh- shown a couple of times. Because I think that that would go a long way for you in just keeping them a little off balance. Have them all flowing one way and going back the other way with the play or or something like that, right? And I think it's just a better way to go about attacking this Iowa defense that is going to be very fundamentally sound and, and really just try and make you break them. They're not really going to do anything uh, that's going to – surprise you from like a coverage standpoint maybe from like a pre-snap looks to post snap looks rolling into out of shells and stuff like that is going to be different but when it comes down to like what they're going to play in their base defense i don't think it's going to be too different i think you want to move the pocket and get people running around because that's when people are going to start you know making mistakes
1: i don't know if any of you guys else if anyone else saw this during the vikings bills game but they had a play where um Justin Jefferson was uh, motioning behind Cousins, and then you had Dalvin Cook obviously lined up, looking like he was going to take the handoff, and they just went right to C.J. Ham and uh, touchdown. Like, that's just something, even though C.J. Ham's in the game, you expect him as a blocker. Um, just incorporating small things like that, even on the run defense, anything's going to help against Iowa. Literally anything.
0: Yeah, for sure. But yeah i'm um, going on from there uh also i do want to mention uh i'm surprised i'm blanked out on this so uh in this morning's press conference with pj and the media um so i'm not i'm not sure, I'm not sure who asked the question uh, maybe andy greeter um or uh, ryan burns but right now uh tanner is also day-to-day and we all know pj he's gonna keep it close to the chest until game day as well um obviously tanner did have two uh, w- w- which was likely for sure was two concussions within a month um
1: the he's still in the protocol weeks, he is uh, he's, he's still definitely protocol. still in
0: the protocol yeah so uh while i don't foresee tanner in there i do want to mention that TJ still has him day-to-day according to that but i'll take that with a grain of salt
2: <laughs> as always um but I think Ethan gives you a better chance to win either way. I
0: I, I agree because I feel like Ethan adds an element with his height, his moxie, and poise that I think can be very beneficial. Yes, uh, we did lose in the Penn State game, and a lot, of, and then he threw a few picks. I feel like a lot of those picks came like bouncing off the hands of the receivers, <clears throat> looking at you, Mike Brown Stevens. Um, and then like when he stepped in Nebraska in the second half, he brought us back to life with. With Mo complementing each other, we scored 20 unanswered points in that second half until PJ decided to let go of the throttle for the rest of the game. Um, and then while Ethan didn't do much in Northwestern, uh, I thought still giving him experience out there. I, unfortunately, I like what Griffin said and Wyatt, the last segment let him throw the damn ball, but they didn't. Um, only 7 for 13 or something. So, I think for me, it's just, I agree with you guys, open the playbook, uh, stop being very predictable, um, you know, open, open things up more because if we start being predictable, we're going to be like what happened to us against the Illini um, and many other games that we have this season where we either we struggled and also lost. So, um, that's my two cents, at least from what I'm looking, gleaming into, but anything else before we proceed on, gentlemen? Alright, so let's get on predictions. So I'll start off with the predictions, then we'll go around uh, with Soup, Griffin, and Wyatt. Um, c- considering the current odds right now and the way how us and I have been scoring games, I'm going to take uh, the Gophers 24-21, to and we win. Matt it kicks the game winner.
1: Wow, now you're you, speaking my language. You think these two teams are scoring touchdowns this weekend? <laughs> That's one field goal for Hilly. Cool.
3: Did you guys see when Iowa played
1: Illinois? 6 to 9. Damn, you'll find.
3: <laughs> what a
1: hell of a football game. All right, let's see. what about you?
2: Um You know Give me, give me Iowa, seventeen, thirteen.
0: All right, Griffin. You said, what did I say? For you the you said L in the preseason. <laughs> I
1: gotta stick with it.
0: Wow. While you think on that, Griffin, uh, Wyatt, you're no. all, you said Dub. It's, by the way, Wyatt. So. Oh uh, no, I,
1: I'm, I'm I right now. said Dub. Yes, you did. Fuck me. <laughs> all right. Why? Why we're both we're both swapped. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: Griffin. What's your prediction?
1: Uh nineteen seventeen. You fitting a safety in there? <laughs> nah, dude. You could. He's going with, with four field goals. Field goals oh a God. <laughs> oh, dude. This is this is Iowa, and Minnesota. He can gonna be pretty four field
2: goals and a touchdown, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Trick it four for four with a long of 69, like just just waiting for it. Breaks a new record. <laughs> I'm gonna just call him Dicker the Kicker. <laughs> Go. All
0: right, Wyatt, you're last. All right, I'm gonna take
3: Iowa at this point in the season, 16 to 10.
0: Yes, sir. Oh, Iowa. Because you said dub in the preseason. so.
3: <laughs> I said dub in the preseason, and I'm flipping just like grip
1: flipped. No, I didn't flip. I just I, I took the L. You took the L. Yeah, he took the L. <laughs> I'll stick. I got to stick with it. I don't. I don't like it, but I'll stick with it. No, I'm not.
3: St- I'm not standing by that. I don't. I don't. I'm taking Iowa sixteen ten. All
1: right.
0: Cool, cool. Well, it's going to be a fun game uh, this weekend, a a big select fest, but uh, let's go on to actually some uh, advice and kudos about – not kudos, but advice and maybe stuff the prep for a very cold game uh, this upcoming Saturday. So, Soup, I'll let you start off with that portion.
2: Yeah, so what do we we got? Let's look at this forecast here.
0: I have
3: 16 – Low of four, I believe. Oh, yeah. USBN
0: okay. saying 32, but I don't trust that. USBN um,
3: saying 32? No, my weather app said 16.
0: My 92. app says yeah. low of 12, okay. high of 21.
3: I have a um, 9%
2: chance of snow and 15 mile per hour winds.
0: Woo! That's the All right,
2: So the cold gear, the cold gear is coming out for this one. So oh, for sure. What you got to do is you go uh, long underwear like, uh, like the spandex type and then you go a pair of like bigger like long johns over it. We're talking double long underwear. And then you're going to want like a pair of thin sweatpants and then a pair of thick sweatpants. And over all of that I wear my parachute gold hammer pants, my MC hammer pants, because they're like completely rubberized and the wind does not go through them. And it is amazing. And then on top, we usually go, uh, a short sleeve, multiple long sleeves, and then at least one hoodie plus, so we're talking like four or five layers at this point. Plus the big winter coat and then hockey jersey over it. Then you look like the Michelin man in mirror and gold.
0: Any hats or gloves? I'm sorry if I missed that.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a given. Those are just a given. You need those. And uh, if you can, if you got the little neck gaiter that's got like the Goldie Gopher half face on it, you got to do that one. That one's a classic. Otherwise, just cover. You just want your face covered in general.
0: For sure, I think uh, I'll get the advice that I'll give. Uh, the last time I went as a fan to a cold game was actually in Iowa. Um, what they I think the year when they first introduced the hand wave tradition that they have now, which is a very cool tradition. Um, hands down, uh, even though I we hate Iowa uh, as an opponent, very great tradition. Those kids, you know, deserve everything. They've been through a lot, so cool tradition. But. Um, I remember doing something similar to what you said Sue, for pants but then instead of your gold mc Hammer pants i w- i had golfer rolls um, yeah. that and then i had um a few nike so especially the nike quarter mm-hmm. uh, full zips and half zips just layering on top and top yep. as i go and then i wore uh, a headband to keep my head and ears warm um and then i wore leather gloves because uh, those are pretty dandy when they're uh when it's winter time that's all I have. What about Griffin and Wyatt, what do you guys got for winter game Yeah, sporting? I feel like
3: we're not commenting quite enough on the gloves. Um, leather gloves is a good suggestion, but really any thicker glove, or if you can do it, a mitten. Team I choppers. really like. I yes. really yeah, choppers a
1: good one. I, I had I had choppers at the game uh, this past weekend, and that was clutch. Me too. Team choppers, baby.
2: Let's go. Yeah, but then, you
1: Yeah.
2: You, know, you also need multiple pairs of socks, by the way. You need whatever I'm talking like two or three at least.
1: Mistake by me, only one. For sure. Wear a
0: saying <laughs>
2: why don't Don't be afraid to pull out the boots. No, you got to. It's the only way you, you fit got... like all three all three socks in there i go like one columbia wool sock with a nike like a regular nike dry fit sock under it and then another columbia like bigger fleece line sock above that and then boots and i'm usually good
1: yeah
0: i will also mention too even though you are going to be wearing extra socks bring extra just to change out of like either when the game's over or pre-game when you're a tailgate because i remember even though uh we were performing in the marching band i swear just staying there and letting like the moisture from our feet the, and the heat and everything like you know our body is warmer than the outside right so like your yeah. sock is gonna get damp and that's not it's not fun so you can be able to change it i recommend that too like that that's yeah. that saved my life a lot because i remember our emt guys like uh, back in our days marching we we're like jason go change your socks i don't care go change it <laughs> and then like
2: uh, also um that, or you could always put like a blanket down to stand on, because a lot of it comes from just standing on cold concrete. Correct,
0: and which is that's that is the case with Huntington Bank Stadium with the concrete um, uh, around the flooring there. Um, I don't know anything else for staying warm.
1: Uh, I mean, this isn't necessarily staying warm, but I think what's um, a necessity is a little mini pack of like tissues, because it's cold outside. Your mm-hmm. nose is gonna run. Like I blew my nose like a million times last weekend how nice would it would have been if I had a small pack of those that you could just blow your nose in like nothing nothing worse than wiping it all over your clothes or your choppers yep
3: don't yeah, be they're... afraid to pull out some of those handworms those are those are yep. real mm-hmm. real good option
0: and if you're a Costco customer they sell those huge ass boxes right now at Costco and uh I don't know they sell choppers yet But they sell, if you don't want to get choppers, uh, they do sell the head brand uh, winter gloves and the thin ones you can put under, too. And they have a compartment for your hand warmers. Um, And if you want to wear ski goggles, uh, also on sale at Costco. As as you guys can tell, I'm a big Costco fanboy because
1: I buy a lot of my gear from there. (laughs) I'm just there for the hot dogs. $1.50 hot
2: dogs. Pizza's pretty good, too. It is. But they yeah. got rid of the combo pizza. Never mind. Topic for a different day. <laughs> what about the chicken bake? Please tell me they still have, chicken they still have it. It like, up, oh, the chicken bake. They still have it. went chicken bake and it's apparently dope. The, it, went yes, up, it, it went up by a dollar. Yep. Sacrilege.
1: Jason and Sacrilege.
0: <laughs> yeah, so chicken they bake's like $4. Hot dog $1 at $1 now.
1: Yeah. Hot dog? I think that was a compromise to keep the hot dog at 150 Is raise the chicken bake.
0: But also, they skip on the bun. Like The bun's way shorter now.
2: At what cost?
1: At what cost? <laughs> It's still a
0: dollar fifty <laughs> with a Listen, pe- with a Pepsi. Want with wait, the Pepsi. Is, the Dunlank-
2: is the dog shorter or is
1: the bun no, shorter? the
2: bun is shorter. No, I don't give a fuck. Which is, is not a
3: problem. The ho- The bun length hot dog was invented because the hot dog was too short for the bun, and then Costco took it a step further and said, We're gonna make the bun too short for the hot dog, and they did it right. <laughs>
0: But we digress. Um, any other advice on staying warm or something handy for this game?
2: Oh yeah. If you get there early enough and you go in through gate B I want to say, whichever one's on the right hand side of the horseshoe, right by Goldie's locker room, you go right up the steps right there directly to your right is a new booth this year. It's Lotus and they are selling pho. They sell pho during the games.
0: If you guys Dude, never, had, that. if you guys never had fun during the winter, oh, it's so amazing, especially coming back from a game, cold game or or anything cold. It's it's awesome.
2: Think about this, Jason. What about at the cold game though? Perfect. Imagine right how there. good it is there.
0: Just eating it. This I recommend grab some extra napkins because like to wipe your face and everything to get My all friend deepfills. Jenna got
2: some and it came in like a really cool like cardboard compostable like bowl with a top on it perfect perfect
0: all right well um other than that anything else to touch on from either be other gopher sports or nfl pro stuff
1: i just i wonder about the hugh mccutcheon transition in from volleyball to like his new ad role in january or february or whatever it is Oh yeah,
2: because
0: um, he. St- I know earlier this season, it, the report was he was stepping down. I thought he to take was, on
2: this role. Yeah. Take on this
0: role, so I was surprised he's leaving coaching but still being involved with student athletics. He's
2: probably getting a nice pay raise. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Taking on taking on that position,
1: he's probably getting a significant pay bump. Yeah. But I'm curious. And oh, there's but... anything else behind it. Other than maybe money just are done He's got a book coming
2: out So I bet there's something in there about it Um, I saw a Star Tribune article That like hinted at something in the book about it So um, Mm. I don't know I mean Hugh is like I mean I don't think this is a hot take He's probably the most accomplished Coach of the modern era For Minnesota Right? Yep. Like, it's probably not incredibly close. I mean, like, McCutcheon was, you know, coaching Olympic teams. Like...
1: Uh, I mean, you, you could maybe argue Brad Frost, too. Sure.
2: But. Yeah, that, that's the other one I think that you can definitely throw in there. Um, and I just think... I don't know, I'm interested to see what happens to Griff. Uh, I mean, I think he's a, I think he's a great coach. Um so it'll be interesting to see how he is as an administrator.
0: But Yeah, looking forward to that. But I do want to mention uh, women, men and women's basketball season has already kicked off as well. Some close wins in there from both teams um, so far. Uh, men's hockey last weekend split with Penn State. Um, dropped the first, won the second. Uh, I think, I'm not sure how women's hockey did. They were playing St. Cloud. Um... I think they split that series, too. I, I could be wrong. Uh, but hockey, uh, both teams are in the top 10, top 5 in terms of ranking. So pretty good on that side of things. Um, I think that's pretty much it from what I've been following on the sports side. Oh, uh,
2: golfers are currently getting crushed by DePaul. By
0: uh, basketball. Oh, for men's basketball?
2: Yeah, currently Yikes. getting
0: destroyed. Oof. I take it back. <laughs> on cuz they weren't getting destroyed
2: like five. So. Well, I mean DePaul is The is quite good. They're a good basketball program. So, yeah, they are.
0: But uh, other than that, um shout I out my ha- mom DePaul Paul Grant. <laughs> nice. I do want to mention though, um I I swear I I think maybe cuz the Gophers didn't make me feel this way on Saturday, that I had a feel this way about the Vikings on Sunday. My heart has went through so many (laughs) things during that Bills game that like, did you guys see uh, on YouTube, the NFL channel, like the official NFL YouTube channel posted the last two minutes of the game plus overtime, that 40 minute video on YouTube. Vikings
3: just played the game. the The Vikings and the Bills absolutely played the game of the year so far i don't know if it's close no it's not
2: we haven't seen football that good. it's been a bad year for football. i've never seen that in my life yeah ever <laughs> hey
3: that's one of the best games i've ever seen and it's been it's it was played in one of the worst years of football that we've ever had
2: also like two of the most crazy football games i've ever watched if both included the same team that I don't root for. I would I cannot imagine what it would be like to be a fan of those teams in the moment, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, okay, like this like is quickly we get for those who if they're if you're on the rock, listen up. If you guys have seen it uh feel free to chime in, but like Stefan Diggs and and then after like made a great one-handed catch by from Josh Allen in the game, but then justin jefferson goes in like it's fourth and 18 you think the vikings are over like that that's it and all of a sudden he makes a one-handed grab takes it away from the midst of that safety um i forgot his name a first name but lewis like and maintains possession coming down to the ground absolutely
3: saved an interception literally that should have been a pick and justin jefferson
2: made the it's fourth down why is the db trying to catch the ball yeah why are you trying to catch the ball was my question when i was watching that i was just like like that that catch happening i was like okay that was that was nuts but like just knock it down dude punch the ball just punch the ball in the air you don't need to catch it the game's over you know
1: (laughs) yeah he did not yeah there's something about dbs and the final seeing, minutes of seeing that important football game. in the air.
2: Just seeing that ball in the air in general <laughs> is a death sentence. Sometimes. And
1: it's like, oh, I'm PJ Williams, I'll just, you know, let the I'll let Stephon Diggs behind me. Nothing bad can come happen. Like whatsoever. <laughs> the prospect
3: of an interception is just too sweet to pass up on. Yeah. Um and sometimes that's very costly.
2: Well, I mean, guys, got... get, guys get paid to make plays, right? So it's it's tough. Like, how are you gonna tell a guy to not pick a ball off one at the end of the year? It's like, oh, well, you know, you're going to this new team, and we're only gonna give you this much money because you didn't have any picks. You know, sucks. One less time...
1: pick than you could have had. Yeah, but at the same time, don't be greedy because you saw Josh Allen try to get greedy at the end. He's just oh man, yeah. He's just going for it all, and you know, Patrick Peterson's just right there undercutting the route. Yeah, I mean, yep. he he wanted it all, and it's like, you how can...
3: about Pat eat this
2: year? My man's old and he's still getting it. You see, I don't know if you, he was fully healthy last year.
0: Did you see him with his chains on the plane? Is that Kirkle chains this week? It was uh, Patrick chains. It was old
3: man Pat Pete.
2: Also, we, we have to agree, like, as a society, the Kirk Cousins thing was fun. But, like, once Adam Schefter did it, I think we need to, to oh, not oh. have it be a thing anymore.
0: I agree. And I was like, no, why does Schefter have to do it on Monday
2: I am so glad <laughs> Kirk did not put the chains back on. Hey, at least at Schefter least, uh, didn't tear his ACL this time.
0: <laughs> True. But um, I do... While we, uh, most of us here are a good chunk of Minnesota fans, I do want to give some props uh, to the, our Bears fans, which is Soup and LaRon's. Um, um, we don't want, to, we don't let's, want any props
2: let Let's start with our condolences. <laughs> hey, um, hey, you guys enjoy seven more years of Kirk Cousins, all right? You guys have fun with that. <laughs> I'm going to be over here with just him, Fields, okay?
3: Hey, that kid is starting to show why he got drafted where he did.
2: Man. thanks. That kid could be dangerous. He's a dude. I just like people. Like people are obviously upset about losing to the Lions. So am I. I saw it coming from a mile away, though. I've been said. I said all week to people, "This is a huge trap. This is a trap. This is a trap." Like you know, Justin's getting like national praise. You know, people are like, "Wow, they've really turned the offense around," which which they have to their credit. But like, you know, they've scored thirty points three weeks in a row, twenty nine points in like four straight games or something, and. But you just can't play any defense At all
3: Part of it seems to be That they figured out that they have Justin Fields at quarterback (laughs) Like they stopped The Jay Cutler offense
2: Yeah It's more of um, Like putting Tevin Jenkins at right guard turned out to be A good decision And uh, Justin has Really turned a corner when it comes To um, seeing what's in front of him i know that sounds like dumb but like before he was um breaking pockets too he wasn't as effective last year running because he wasn't uh breaking the pocket in a smart way he was mainly just panicking and bailing out of pockets last year he did a little bit to start the season but ever since they kind of started uh calling these like actual run plays for him it, I think it's allowing him to see the game a lot easier. It's allowing him to get in rhythm a lot, a lot quicker in games. And I think, I think he is because he is a deep ball guy. You know what I mean? He loves pushing the ball downfield. He's got a cannon, and I think he is a rhythm guy. Like I think he needs those early plays where he's in the game. You know, you you get a hit, and you're like, all right, here we are, we're here. Or you know, you hit the easy slant or a hook or whatever. Like I think he needs he needs that. He needs to feel involved. And I think they've done a, a very big job like keeping him involved in all aspects of the offense these past four weeks. And it's been good. So I don't know. We saved 10 spots of draft position by losing the lions, which is like, I guess that's good, but <laughs> I don't, I don't like losing them, but you know, it's,
3: I was gonna say it, it's, it's a tough loss to take, but like, you're going to go get, you're going to go get either a defensive player. Probably you're going to go get a defensive player.
2: And what you would have, if you had asked me at the beginning of the season, like, what's your best case scenario for the Bears this year, it's Justin's balling, we're putting up a ton of points, and just losing games still. Which is exactly what's happening right now. And, like, it feels horrible in the moment, especially in games where, like, okay, you guys didn't see this game, and I know I, I don't like to be this guy, but holy shit did the rest have it in for the Bears this year. It is tough. The penalty split was nine to two, that that just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, they were getting all these soft calls, and then on our when we're on offense, like they don't call anything. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're gonna call the ticky tack stuff, you gotta call it both ways. That's all I'm asking for. But you know, they're not doing that, and so we're up two touchdowns in like the third quarter or something, and Goff throws a pick to Jack Sanborn that essentially seals the game because we're just going to run this ball out. It'll be halfway through the fourth quarter by that time. If we get any points, the game just ends, right? They take it back because of, of, they call a hands-to-the-face penalty on our DB because he jams the guy at the line, and unfortunately, the guy stepped wrong, and something in his leg popped, and he just fell down. So the official threw a flag, takes away a game-sealing pick. Then the Lions score on the next play... Then our next play on offense, Justin throws probably the worst interception of his life, and it's an easy pick six. And all of a sudden they're winning, and it's like, whoa, 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 like, and that's it. Just went off the rails at that point. But like, if they don't call that, and there's you know a couple other weird ones in there, if they don't phantom, there's a phantom hold on the first drive of the game. The Bears are driving, they're in the red zone, holding call comes out, they take a field goal, and it's just like you would like to see them. You know get over those things too But like they always seem to come At like the perfect time to just Cut the Achilles heel And it's just it's annoying But I don't know they're just a young team right now And they keep finding ways to lose games Because winning games is hard In the NFL and you have to learn how to do it And they're just so young right now And and so talent efficient outside of Justin that like It's it's just ugly At times but you know Mm -hmm. That was cathartic for me thank you
3: it just seems like refs are kind of bad everywhere right now.
2: No, yeah, it's been a tough year for officiating.
3: Yeah. And, and I mean, even the Vikings are feeling it. It's yeah, just yeah, not, you guys have some we're not. We're not losing games because of it.
2: We're uh, almost. You almost did. You almost did.
3: Yeah. It's two weeks in a row now.
2: Yeah. That gave Davis. I don't know how that was not reviewed. That was clearly um, a drop. In OT. No. Yeah.
3: On the Dalvin Cook stop,
1: there was 12 guys on the field for the Bills. I yep, saw yep. that too. Not only that, and the hand was, like, pretty much lined up offsides, like, perfect. in line, in like line with the... Mm. And, and I'm obviously, like... like, the ref
3: tackling Cam Bynum on what should have been an interception against the commanders. Yeah. yeah. Like, is, is officiating young and talent deficient as well?
2: <laughs> no, the, I think the problem is officiating is old because they don't really pay that well, and... uh People don't want to do all that work for nothing, because it's a very high pressure, high stress job. I mean, you're, you know, officiating the outcomes of, you know, things that are on TV that make millions of dollars every game and people who make millions of dollars every game. And at the end of the day, it's like on you and you're like barely making, you can't even, it's not even a full time job, you know what I mean? Like. Referee pay in the NFL has been a problem for a really long time. And unfortunately, it's going to be a problem for a really long time until they decide to do something about it. But Yeah, yeah.
0: for sure. But other than that, let's bring it a wrap here, boys. We are way over time. But uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening in to episode 57 of OPA Podcast. Again, we were recapping Northwestern, previewing um, our last home game versus Iowa. Hashtag hate week, hashtag bacon, uh, plus senior day as well um and then and, and then just some good stuff.
2: old rambling yeah for sure but uh we'll old we'll... therapeutic rambling for soup
0: <laughs> i think for all of us honestly but overall thank you so much for listening or watching the podcast today and we'll see you guys next week to recap iowa preview wisconsin for axe week but going from there wish you all a great week and oh. oh, oh.